Welcome to Escape the Rat Race with me, Lisa Staker, the rebellious coach. This podcast is all about empowering you to break free from the straitjacket of the nine to five to pursue a life of freedom, purpose and fulfillment running your own business. Whether you're feeling stuck in your current career or have always dreamed of starting your own business but been too scared to do so, this podcast is here to provide you with the resources and insights you need to take the leap and escape the rat race. So welcome to this week's episode of Escape the Rat Race and I'm very pleased to have with me Rachel Barnum from the Federation of Small Businesses. Now Rachel's here to tell you about her journey of how she became a self-employed membership advisor for the FSB. So Rachel, where would you like to start? Thanks Lisa. I'm, I'm going to start at the beginning as they say. Um, it's quite a long journey so I will make it a very quick one and condensed but it will give you an idea I suppose of experience. But when I was at school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I decided at the last minute I was going to go and train to be a beauty therapist. So I did that and I did college for two years, worked up in London as a beauty therapist for a year and a half and then realised it actually wasn't for me. So I, I did a couple of um, short jobs with things like Domino's Pizza and that type of thing, went on to manage it. Um, and then out of the blue, I got an opportunity to go and work as a travel agent, but for an online teletext company. Um, they got bought out uh, or went bust, I think, actually. And then I moved upstairs literally to TV Travel Shop, um, which, again, doesn't actually exist anymore. Um, from there, I went on to be an estate agent. From there, estate agents quite regularly are headhunted into recruitment. So I went and did niche recruitment recruiting ex and retired police officers um, on temporary contracts and I did that for absolutely ages loved it until it got bought out by G4F who are a massive corporate company obviously global as well but they don't understand recruitment companies so I, I stuck it out for a while decided actually this isn't for me anymore managed I was top seller there and just thought I'm actually going to have to step away from earning a good income but take the risk. Went and did a number of different sales roles, a couple of other different types of recruitment, just couldn't find what I was looking for. Um, and then went totally off piste and went and worked for a company that repaired automation electronics. So they're called Rockwell, who are, again, a global organisation. Um, but it was one of the offshoots, one of like the, the little small companies in it. Um, and then I got headhunted again, to go and work for a mutual society that sold savings and investment products to the police. So it kind of felt like I was going back to the bit that I really enjoyed. And for a while I did, but it's one of those things when you are in sales, if you are good at it, quite often you get promoted into management job. And the one thing I'm always very honest about, I am not a good manager. And I think especially nowadays you need to be a leader I'm definitely a dictator rather than a leader and it doesn't work. And yes, it didn't work there. Um, so we we parted amicably, but I had to look at, OK, what can I do? I'm being pushed and stereotyped. And then the opportunity for FSB came up. So, yes, I'm kind of, as I, I think, as I've mentioned before, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to sales, but a, a master of none. So, yes, trying to decide which avenue I'd take was a bit a bit scary. 
what attracted you said so the opportunity at the FSB came up what attracted you to it um I think one because it was just trying something different because I was at that stage where I'd had an incident I'd lost my flat at the time in a fire um, and lost everything so I had my insurance money to obviously replace things but I was trying to be really good at not just going and spending it and replacing everything like for like so I actually had some savings um, when I was looking for roles, I was just hoping to be inspired. And it wasn't until I was just going through LinkedIn and saw self-employed um, opportunities because I'd worked literally just for a mutual company, a mutual society. I saw this and thought, actually, it's a not-for-profit, similar sort of organisations, just in different industries. Um, and I thought, actually, working with small businesses, they're the roles that I really enjoyed when I started and working for small companies. Um, but the fact that it was also a not-for-profit. And I just thought, I'm going to apply for it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Mm. And if it's not, well, then at least I know I'm, I'm trying and I'll just have to keep looking. But it, it was just, yeah, the opportunity was something slightly different, but still drawing on, I suppose, all of my sales skills. Mm. Um, and I could just use it in a slightly different way and learn again. Because that that's I think that's the good thing with my career, where I've changed so many times. I've always started from the bottom and worked my way up. And I like learning things inside out um, and I suppose being the guru, whether, whether I am or not, is obviously debatable, but that's how I, I like to look at it. <laughs> and what is it you most like about being self-employed? Um, for me, it's the flexibility. Um, I, As a manager, I was always very much, because I'm good at what I do, it's my way or the highway type thing, which as I've said, doesn't work. But it, I'm just as strict on myself in business as well. So actually, me being self-employed, I don't necessarily need the motivation to go out and do the work because I will beat myself up if I'm not succeeded or I'm not doing something anyway. So I knew from that, that perspective, I had the, the right mindset to be able to do it. It's just whether actually I was any good at what I was going off to do. Um, but so far, I've absolutely loved the fact that I can be flexible with my time. Um, I look after an area that I don't live in, so I have to travel there. But I think for most people, the biggest frustration when you work for a corporate is the travel time because it's the rush hour. It's when everybody's doing it. So I don't start my day until rush hour finishes. And it means that I'm not wasting time just sitting in traffic. And the same on the way home. I can do it either way. I can come back before rush hour starts or I can start after. Um, but if unexpected meetings come up or it's on a weekend or I've, I've got an opportunity to have a day off and do something, then again, I can do that. I haven't got to worry about cramming everything into the weekend or using my holiday to do the, the, the bits that we don't want to do. So it, given all that flexibility, it just, for me, it's a lot more relaxed, even though I'm probably still working harder than I would if I was employed. But it's my choice. It's wonderful having this flexibility. And it's something that I've, I also kind of it has been kind of enlightening kind of owning my own business. But there are challenges of um, being self-employed. So what do you think? find the most challenging thing? I, I think it can be quite isolating because you assume that you're the only person that's going through whatever it is you're going through. Um, and I, for example, I do absolutely loads of networking with my business. And of course, very rarely do you go onto a networking event and go, oh, I'm so quiet. 
I've got no business coming in. I don't know what to do. And everybody else is in that same boat because we're all portraying that we are brilliant. We're in demand. I've only got a couple of appointments left this week when actually sometimes we haven't. Um, and you kind of you feel sometimes a bit of a fraud when you're doing that. But at the same time, you kind of have to do it. To, one, get your mindset right of, yes, I am busy. It is going right. Um, but also recognise that, yeah, sometimes there are going to be quiet times. There are times of year and it varies for everybody's different businesses. But it's the peaks and the troughs. You can have some amazing months and just think, yes, I've mastered this. It's going well. I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you've got the quiet months and you just think I've lost it. Something's changed in the market. And actually it's not. It's just doing it for long enough to recognise when are your busy times, when are your quiet times. And I suppose the difficult thing is then when it's busy, making sure you don't spend all of your income because you've got to accommodate for the quiet times. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I, I do it slightly. I try to just have a set amount that I take out of my earnings each month. And that way, when I do have quieter times, I've already built up a, um, a reserve to get me through it. But yeah, it's, it's the peaks and troughs of not knowing where to turn when something goes wrong or if it's something you just don't know. Um, who do you ask? And you just don't want to pay for all of these things. Um, but in business, you do. You pay for everything. <laughs> Very rarely does it come free. So, yeah, I think it's definitely those. So that's brilliant advice. And you mentioned there kind of the mindset of when you have these um, times when things aren't going as well. Um, what do you do to help yourself through those months? Um, I have to remind myself not to panic because I know I'm good at what I do. Um, and I try to use that time effectively, whether it's identifying areas that maybe I hadn't looked at whether it's having a little bit of a tidy up, because sometimes when you're busy, things lapse um, and you, you kind of realise actually you're being really reactive and not proactive. Um, so I, I use the time to kind of go, right, let's draw a line. Let me just reevaluate. Let's look at maybe the different networking that I've got. I've been going to what has been working, what hasn't, because sometimes I can find I'm going to them because I enjoy them, not because they are anything or any benefit to my business. But I've, I've enjoyed going. I've liked the people. Well, actually, I need to knock those ones on the head. I need to be going to the ones that are producing an, an outcome and a positive for my business. Um, but then also look at other things. So, I mean, even doing podcasts, it's, I've, I did one right at the beginning when I first started. And by pure fluke, I went into a business and they happened to be rec rec uh, recording one and invited me to join in. So it was a real impromptu one. But actually, everybody says that they're really good. So now I'm trying to get into the habit of someone invites me onto their podcast that I do it and to have a look and see whether actually that benefits me as well. Mm. Um, because, again, different avenues, different people are buying in different areas. So, yeah, it, it's the reevaluating, looking at it and trying not to panic, because when you panic, it shows. Even if you think you're hiding it, you don't. You're just coming across desperate sometimes. So, yeah. Relax, breathe, relax. Take a break, there. go for a walk and all of that sort of thing. Because then when you come back, you're like, right, I'm going to try again. Fantastic. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the FSB and kind of who your ideal clients are? Yeah, well, I suppose for anybody that doesn't know who or what FSB is, it's the Federation of Small Businesses. It's 
actually a not-for-profit campaigning group. So we lobby governments on behalf of self-employed and small businesses in the UK. And for our members, we give them a lot of advice, support, protection and resources to help them with their business. So a lot of the bits that I've mentioned about when you are self-employed, it can be, or a small business, it can be really isolating. And of course, when you've come from the corporate world, you have all of these different departments that you can turn to if suddenly you've got an invoice come in and you actually don't know what to do with it or it's not been paid, you go to your accounts team. If you've got a legal thing about a contract, you send it to your legal department and all of these different areas. But as a small business, you don't have those departments or you might have a HR representative or you might have somebody that's helping you, but they're not necessarily always the highest level that you need. So FSB gives you all of these different benefits that are, I suppose, all the different departments of a corporate business, whether it's your legals, your insurances, your banking, your health and safety, your HR, you name it. There's all the different areas that you can turn to, but it's always right for helping whether someone's one person business or they've got employees as well. Um, I tend to find I work more with the smaller size, so whether it is individuals, or maybe less than 20 employees. But I can work with anybody up to 249, but I tend to find it's the smaller ones that I, I suppose I get the most joy out of because it's giving them the support and the, the team and the community around them that they can go, I'm not alone. I can turn to FSB. They can give me advice and support when I need it. But when I don't and business is going well, I know they're there and I can sleep at night. And I think that's the biggest thing because any small little thing going wrong in business can keep you up and of course then it has a knock-on effect so yeah it tends to be the smaller ones I I gear more towards. FSB is uh, across the UK across the whole of the UK if I'm right. Yes yep so we have the head office is actually up in Blackpool and then we have regional teams because of course what's going on in London is going to be totally different to Plymouth or um, Scotland's and of course the devolved nations the laws can sometimes and regulations are different as well so we have different teams that know those areas know what's going on and also know what other support is available to them because of course FSB is about supporting them with their business but actually sometimes it's other areas that they need and we can put them in contact and highlight what other opportunities are out there for them. If you're listening kind of from kind of the rest of the world, I'm sure there is kind of equivalent associations in other parts of the other parts of the world. So do have a look out for kind of where you've got kind of specialist um, entities which kind of help kind of small businesses set up. Because as you say, when we when we start up a small business or when we go first go self-employed, it can be quite lonely. Um, you may need to get lots of information, and these companies can be great sources of information and also great sources of support. So do do research them out and have a look um, to see what you have in your local area. So we're coming towards the end of the interview now, and this question that I always ask people. Um, if you could time travel back to when you first started being kind of self-employed, what's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Oh, be a bit more strict with my time because I was saying yes to everybody. Anybody that um, wanted me to attend one of their events or do a presentation um, or do something like this, um, I literally said yes to everything because I'm thinking I'll get my name out there. 
But actually, I probably should have sat back a little bit and thought, ask a few more questions for a start. Who is the audience that's coming? I just kind of went gung-ho and appeared on anything and everything. And actually, sometimes I was presenting to employees. Well, they're not interested in what I do and they have no say or are going to need my services unless further down the line um, they decide to start their own business. But then, to be honest, that's when I need to be talking to them. Um, so, yeah, definitely manage my time more effectively. Don't say yes to everything. And don't be afraid to say no, because that's the hardest thing. You you kind of think if I say no, they're never going to come back to me. But actually, if you're good at what you do and you're the right person, they will come back to you um, and they actually appreciate it more that you're being honest. So but I, one thing, just going back to the last question as well, um, don't be afraid to ask for help because there is so much help out there, whether it is the local libraries, they do a lot of support for small businesses. The local councils quite often might be paying organisations to give you free support um, and to help you with your business or grow your business. Um, and they're just a couple. There are lots of other organisations um, in and around different areas that are there to help you because small business are a massive part of the UK economy. And I'm sure they probably are across um, the world as well. Um, but we just don't know because we haven't looked for it. But yeah, have a little look and otherwise approach people like FSB. Um, the chances are we can probably tell you about some of them. And fantastic. Brilliant advice, Rachel. Thank you ever so much for kind of being with me today. So it's Rachel Barnum, self-employed membership advisor for the Federation of Small Businesses. So thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for the opportunity. It was great chatting to Rachel and I think she's kind of a brilliant kind of example of how for many of us the our careers aren't planned they you know she her she's taken opportunities as and when and even when she joined the FSB that was basically wanting to try something different um, but her skill set was ideally kind of suited to this and fortunate for us that she got that job and there's a couple of things I wanted to bring out from the conversation that we had the first one being about kind of the flexibility of working for yourself and the point that she's made about kind of the travel. Now, we're not maybe not doing um, in the corporate world quite as much traveling as we used to and kind of hybrid working or kind of mostly working from home some days in the office is becoming more normal. But even then, we are still traveling to offices and that time is still, with, you know, when you're on the train or in the car, can quite often be wasted. And to be able to kind of travel outside of those times um, for your job and to have that flexibility because you're in control of your own diary is um, something that shouldn't be underestimated. And also her comment about kind of her flexibility that she can, you know, if she does need to do something during the week, she can catch up when she wants to. And the fact she kind of is as busy now as she used to be be but she's in control of when she does her time on things and then the second point I wanted to kind of bring out was don't be afraid to say no this is so important and particularly when you start kind of working for yourself or owning your own business the there is this tendency to think you have to say yes to everything and then you end up getting more burnt out than you would in your corporate role because you're saying yes to everything and there's no harm in putting those boundaries in place because as, as Rachel said if people want to kind of get in touch with you they will even if you say no or you say not at the moment you can't do something at the moment it doesn't mean you're never going to do it or there may be some things you do never want to do
So that's it for this week's episode of Escape the Rat Race. I will see you next week when we'll be in doing another interview. <laughs> That's all for today's episode of Escape the Rat Race. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring and it has given you some ideas for how you can start taking action towards escaping the rat race to a life of freedom, purpose and fulfilment. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on your favourite platform. And if you have any questions, comments or feedback, feel free to reach out to me using the contact details in the notes to the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Staker. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time on Escape the Rat Race.